0: and now the money gurus having come down from the highest peaks of the appalachian mountains with unspeakable financial knowledge and market savvy are here to provide you with long-lasting money advice that will guide you through all your days listen up my friends and gain some knowledge to make your money last
1: hi everyone welcome back to another episode of money gurus my name is morgan and i'm here today with Bo blankenship to talk about uh, the dreaded taxes, uh, specifically taxes um, in retirement after you're done working. Um, So Bo, let's say that I just retired. Um, Where am I getting my income from? How is it taxed? And how do I make that last through all the years of retirement?
0: Yeah, we we get that question a lot, Morgan. And uh, of course, it is is a big question. Uh, It's a scary time for people when they retire. And I would tell you, with regard to taxes, And we talked about this before when, when I meet with, with folks with retirees, even if they already have a financial advisor uh, with regard to taxes, they really don't even have a plan. So it's not that I would criticize the plan that they have, but they really don't have a plan for minimizing taxes. Uh, And I would tell you, you might say, well, okay, how does that, how does that fit in with me making sure I have enough income or making sure my income lasts? Well, if I can minimize taxes, it means I have a uh, my net to me is greater, and therefore my money will last longer or uh, grow faster, whatever it may be. So I would say the first first step is to make sure you have a clear, definitive plan. Um, what happens is when you retire, you have income, hopefully, from several different sources. So you've done. Uh, A good job over your earning years, saving money, whether it be in traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, Roth 401ks, after-tax accounts, like after-tax brokerage accounts. A lot of people right now have pensions, although a lot of the pensions are going away. So you've you've got all these different income sources. And the question is, where do you take your income from? Uh, number one, to make the money last and number two, to minimize taxes. So that's really what your, your goal is.
1: So let's say I am one of those people that's lucky enough to still have a pension. Um, and I also have an IRA. Um, but my, the amount that I get from my pension is enough to, uh, you know, cover all of my bills and whatnot. Do I have to take money out of my IRA? Uh,
0: that's a great question. Um, they actually just changed the rule. The IRS just changed the rule on that. It used to be that you were required to take income from your IRA or qualified plan uh, at age 70 and a half. They've just extended that now so that you only have to take income once you turn 72. So they've delayed that distribution. Um, So what I would tell you is one thing about the Require they call that a required minimum distribution at age seventy-two. Um, a, a funny sort of back and forth that I have with clients is a lot of them will say, well, you know, but I don't need the money that's in my 401k or that's in my IRA. I really don't need that, and so I'm just going to wait until seventy-two, to the IRS uh, makes me take it out. So I joke with them and I say, oh, okay, so you're just going to use the IRS plan for distribution.
1: Which, as we all know, is fantastic. I'm
0: sure, <laughs> right, right. So I joke with them. I say, so do you think the IRS sat in a room, and they said, "Hey, listen, uh, you know Morgan is going to retire. She's going to take her money out. Let's let's create a plan to minimize the taxes for Morgan in her retirement on her IRA." Uh, and of course, they laugh because, because they know that it's not. It's not designed to minimize taxes, and so one of the worst. Plans is to just say, I'm going to sit here and wait till 72 and not really pay attention until then. And then I back myself in a corner. I've got to follow the IRS rules. And now, you know, I don't have a lot of options.
1: Right. So, can you like walk us through a couple strategies, um, you know, taking Social Security income maybe before I'm getting that Social Security income, just a couple different scenarios?
0: Right. So, one thing that most people don't know is Social Security income at the federal level is tax-free unless you have too much other income. So if I don't have any other income, no pensions, no IRA distributions, no dividends or anything, my Social Security is tax-free at the federal level. So the, the planning or the strategy there is to make sure that my income uh, is not too high to cause my Social Security to be taxed, if that's possible. Now, when I first tell people that, they'll say, well, wait a minute, Bo, I need income. So what do you mean no other income? I need other income. And there's a difference between uh, having income to spend and that income showing up on your tax return. So I'll, I'll give you the example that I give clients. Uh, let's say, and this is trying to keep it simple so people understand it. Uh, let's say I have a, a $100,000 in a CD and I'm getting 3% a year on my CD, which is high for now, but let's just say 3%. So at the end of that year, I'm going to have taxable income of $3,000, the 3% interest that I earn. Uh, And they get that. I say, okay, but let's say that I need $24,000 in additional income, and I take it from the CD. So the fact that I took $2,000 a month throughout that year does it change my taxable income at the end of the year? And the answer is no, it doesn't. I still only pay tax on the 3% that I earned. So the other money is just return of principal, and therefore it's not taxed. So in that example, I've taken $2,000 more per month to supplement my Social Security income, but showed almost or just a $3,000 in taxable income, so therefore Social Security is tax-free. So that's a strategy around minimizing or eliminating taxes on Social Security.
1: Right. So that's a very good point and something, like you said, that a lot of people are probably unaware of. Um, So as far as these strategies go, is this something that's going to stay the same throughout, um, you know, the length of their retirement or is that going to change at all? Uh,
0: Another good question. I, I would tell you from the structural part, it changes. And I would tell you there's really three phases. So the first phase is, okay, I've retired. And and look, everybody retires at different ages, so it's not the same. But again, I just want to keep going back to have a plan and understand how the plan works. But the first stage would be uh, before I start drawing Social Security. And, and by the way, the decision on when to take Social Security is an involved decision. Most people think, oh, just take it at 62 or full retirement age or whatever it may be. It's involved. So you really need to know, you need to know what you're doing uh, to make that decision. But as far as income distribution plan or plan of income distribution, uh, before you start taking Social Security, remember, once we start taking it, we, we have to work around making sure it's not taxable or minimizing the tax on Social Security. Um, but before that, obviously, we're not concerned about it, okay? Right. So we're just trying to minimize taxes. So that's first phase. The first phase is before I start drawing Social Security income. The second phase is, okay, I've started drawing Social Security income. Uh, what can I do to minimize taxes? And then the third phase is okay i'm at uh the rmd age i'm 72 now the irs is forcing me to take uh, distributions um, and i have to do that so how do i work around it that way so those are the three really phases uh, of, of strategy but then the other thing and this goes back to your question do the do the strategies stay the same and the answer is absolutely not because Two things happen. Well, several things happen, but two key things. One is uh, a retiree really doesn't know what's ahead, meaning we get a lot of retirees now that will retire and then say, hey, you know, I I sort of like working. I want to do something I enjoy doing, and so maybe I don't work full-time, but I I make some part-time money. So that has to go into into the plan. The other thing is retirees make life decisions once they retire, Meaning, hey, I don't want to live in Virginia anymore. I want to move to Florida. I don't want to. Uh, I want to buy a camper so we can travel across the country. I mean, there's a lot of decisions, so it changes constantly. And of course, the tax laws change every few years, so you have to change with those with those tax laws.
1: Right. So that RMD, the required minimum distribution, how is that amount determined? Is that um, <clears throat> obviously it's a required amount? But is, that, is that a is it a percentage of my yeah. total account value? Good How question. is that calculated?
0: That's a good question. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of things around the RMD, the required minimum distribution. One is for the first year, uh, the percentage is 3.65%. It is a table. It's a uniform table. It's not male and female. It's uh, it's a unisex table. Uh, so the first year it's 365 and it goes up every year. So... When you're doing projections, um, you would say, okay, first year I know i got to take 3.65%, but that percentage goes up. And here's the thing, hopefully your investments are earning more than 3.65%. So not only is the amount that they are asking you to take going up, but your value is going up. So you've got two things driving the number up every year. Uh, I can't tell you how many clients I meet with that thought, oh, I thought once I got to 72 that the number was going to be the same every year. But, no, it it goes up every year, and that has to be part of the plan of distribution. Right. Um, Yeah.
1: So all of these, there's a lot of factors that play into this. Mm -hmm. So if I, you know, go to meet with my financial advisor or I go to my tax accountant's office, can they run – like a projection to show me, you know, the next year, um, you know, approximately what my taxes are going to look like.
0: Right. They can, but the problem is um, that, uh, this is, I would tell you that this probably has led to our growth as a firm more than anything else. Is if you, if you go to your investment person and say, "Hey, how do I minimize taxes?" The investment person says, "Well, I don't know. I don't really." I'm not a tax person. Go ask your tax accountant. And then you go to the tax accountant and say, hey, you know, I'd like to minimize taxes on my investments. How do I do that? And they say, well, I don't know anything about investments. Go talk to your investment person. So never an, there's never an integrated approach to say, well, look, can't we get the, both of these knowledges together and minimize the taxes and really have a distribution plan? So can they run um, modeling? yes. Do they know, do they know how to do it? No. So I would tell you you need somebody that has the expertise on both ends, uh, to really do projections and figure out what's the best way. And not and here's the thing, I think a lot of people look year to year, whereas we're looking at twenty years, thirty years, like what is a long term um approach to this? Because for example, right now the income tax rates Uh, are the lowest they've been in decades so if you're not factoring that in uh you're missing the boat because particularly with the debt that the u.s has now the deficits that we're running i don't see taxes going down any any further right so um you need to factor that into the planning uh strategies so yeah.
1: So I think the other concern that a lot of retirees have is, okay, well, what if my spouse passes away? Because circle of life, everyone's going to die. And right. most of the time that's going to be after both uh, spouses are retired. So what happens in that situation?
0: Um, yeah. And that's, again, an- another thing that people don't factor in. So when you're if you're married uh, in retirement, you're filing your tax return, married filing jointly and the tax rates are, or the tax brackets are much higher. But if you think about a married couple, if one of them passes away, typically the income of the household doesn't change much, meaning the only thing that goes away is the lower Social Security benefit. The IRA distributions continue to come, meaning if I'm the surviving spouse, I inherit my wife's IRA, I I inherit a retirement plan, uh, if she's got a pension, a lot of times she signed up for a survivor benefit. So I'm continually I'm continuing to get the income I got before, except for that lower Social Security benefit. But yet, what happens is now I file as a single person. My brackets get compressed. My tax rate goes up. So we even factor that in. Like, what does it look like again? Uh, what does it look like into the future? And I would tell you, we can really get into detail on this podcast, which I'd rather not do, but but the, the thing that I want people to take away from this is you need to have a plan of distribution to minimize taxes, to make your income last, and really understand what you're doing. I would tell you one last thing before we finish out the podcast is when I when I sit down with a person and go over their tax return and tell them what bracket they're in and explain to them how we're going to take Social Security or IRA distributions to minimize their taxes, it's really not that complicated. I can explain it to them. They're like, yep, I get it completely. I understand. But the interesting thing is, I get these people that are in their early 60s. I explain their tax return to them, and I never, it never fails. They will say, you know, nobody's ever explained this to me, and it's really not that complicated.
1: Mm-hmm. So. so it sounds like this all kind of goes back to the old saying of, uh, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. Right, right. Um, well, Bo, thank you for your time today. Um, this has been very informative. Um, so I appreciate you just sitting down and talking to me about this, um, and we'll see you all on the next episode of Money Gurus subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. If you have any comments or questions, please shoot us an email at Morgan at focus1fp.com. If you are interested in learning more about what services we offer, please visit our website at www.focus1fp.com.